This is definitely the most hated Bitcoin rally that I've ever seen in my many years here of being in crypto. If you look at the daily charts here, I mean, that's what the Bitcoin daily charts looks like over the last week. But if you go back to the weekly chart, you see that this weekly candle may have some big implications for Bitcoin. And look, I know a lot of people are calling for this rally to end. Everyone on Twitter is calling for this rally to pull back. But I'm going to show you that because everyone is calling for the rally to end, there may actually be another leg up. And I'm going to also talk to you about some altcoins that are running. And I've got a very special guest coming on the show today. His two tokens are both up over 100% today. He thinks they're still way, way, way more upside. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a big show. Let's have some fun here today. It's uh, another great day. Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, and then they got gold. Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. Get up. Wakey, wakey, rise and shine. We're experiencing this, this rally. We've got Bitcoin at 20,841. So it was interesting what happened today. If, you, if you've if you been following the markets, and I was actually following the markets on an hourly candle. So let's go to the hourly candle. What you can see is that actually we were at about 21,400 and we, we started coming down. And then we had this big red candle. And when this big red candle happened on Bitcoin, you should have seen the altcoins. The altcoins took a massive knock. And we're going to talk about what that... What caused that red candle and what does that mean that the next time that Bitcoin comes down, the altcoins are going to take a huge knock. And there's a lot of altcoins that we're going to be talking about today, uh, including two coins that have gone up over 100%. We're also going to be talking about this FTT pump. We're going to be talking about this FXS pump. Um, we're going to be talking about ETH. We're going to be talking about Aptos. Uh, we're going to be talking about Solana. We're going to be talking about Phantom. Um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about today. So it's going to be one of those big, big, big days, a, a huge high alpha per miniature because you know we made you a pledge that we're going to bring you the highest alpha per miniature on the interwebs and all you got to do is simple just got to subscribe to the channel you got to like the content and then of course remember if you want to win the two rolexes because now there's two there's the blackface rolex which is from bitget and if you want the blue and gold submariner you got to decide which one you want or, if you, or i mean you can enter to get both so we're going to talk about how to do that uh, here on the show today. So we've got lots to do. Do what you need to do. Subscribe to the channel, like this content. I'm going to do what I need to do. Let's go, 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 go. Let's get the show on the road. There's a lot going on. I think the best place to start is to start with the big daddy. And that is to start with Bitcoin. Where are we on Bitcoin? So let's take a look at the daily chart. That's what the daily chart looks like. We've had seven days of up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven days of straight up. Uh, then we had one day of slight red. And today we're kind of hovering, waiting for direction in the market. And I did say to you that I was watching the, the charts here earlier and we had a slight pullback. We were like over 21,000 and we had a slight pullback. It was quite a, a big red candle. And we were wondering what caused this big red candle. So we 
dug it up, we looked in the markets, and what we found was that that big red candle was actually caused by the Dixie. So when we woke up this morning in, in Asia and in Africa and in Europe, we had the Dixie at lows. I mean, it was at 101.771. And remember, for those of you who don't know, the Dixie is the dollar index. It's the index that measures the strength of a dollar against a whole lot of other currencies. Now, the last time that we had this Dixie at 101 was somewhere over here, which was in June 2022. So we've got this, the Dixie, which was at 101.771. And then it had a slight, slight um, strengthening back to 102, 102.5. When it went down, what happened was it liquidated a whole lot of, uh, it liquidated a whole lot of people. So you can see there were about, about $200 million worth of liquidations um, when the Dixie went down. And the Dixie has been a big measure of how we've performed. Because remember, the stronger the dollar, the weaker assets are against the dollar. So when the dollar gets stronger, stocks, real estate, uh, Bitcoin, crypto, all devalue, um, all devalue. So when the dollar is going down, it's a clear sign that stocks and, and, and all the assets that are priced in dollars are going to strengthen. And Morgan Stanley says that they believe that the Dixie will be at below 98. So they're saying uh, Morgan Stanley sees the dollar at 98 by end 2023 versus their previous forecast of 104. So now what they're starting to do is they're starting to forecast that the dollar is actually going to get much weaker. So I looked at the reason why we had the, that, that spike up in, in the Dixie, and I, I narrowed it back to Japan. So what happened in Japan is, you know, Japan doesn't really have interest rates. They've got this, this, this crazy monetary policy. And so what they've been doing is that they've been buying Japanese yen bonds on the markets to put more dollars into the market to, to devalue the dollar. But they can't keep doing this. And on Wednesday, there is a massive meeting in Japan, um, to discuss the future or, or, or to discuss the financial policy going forward. And I think that that's why the dollar responded, because I think that what they're realizing is, look, they can't keep just selling dollars into the market. They can't keep buying back these bonds and just selling dollars into the market. So something's got to give. So I think this week, what we have to do is we have to watch the Dixie. I think that all eyes in the Dixie. If the Dixie gets, gets stronger, then I think that, that Bitcoin and altcoins are going to take a break. Um, if the Dixie gets weaker, then I think that we're going to continue this run. And there may actually be another leg up in this run. We're going to look at the data in, in a couple of seconds, but there may, may, may actually be another leg up in this, this run. One of the reasons why I say that is because every single trader that I know is calling for a pullback. And when people are calling for a pullback, you know what that means. It means that the market's going to go the other way. So we're going to look at that and we're going to look at the data to back that in a couple of seconds. But before we do that, let's look at the altcoins because I know that that's why you guys are here. So, okay, so let's get the elephant out of the room. Here it is. I'm still in my AVAX short. Remember, my entry price on this AVAX short is, um, uh, I think, 15.50. Let's quickly go to, let's actually go to that AVAX position. Uh, I'm short 6,000 AVAX. My entry price is 15.31. I'm currently down about seven grand, which is, okay, let, I mean, I'm waiting for an opportunity to close this. And the reason why I'm waiting for an opportunity to, to close this is I don't like to be against the market. I don't, if I'm bullish, and I think that the market's going to go up. I don't like being in short positions. Also, as I said on the weekend, the crazy thing about this specific short is my entire portfolio is up millions of dollars in the last seven days. And it's this one niggly short of seven grand that is killing me. It's like, it's the only thing I got in my mind. So I got to get out of the short because it's making me feel a little bit uncomfortable. So that's the elephant out of the room uh, with the AVAC short. 
I am waiting for an opportunity to close it. I think if it goes under 16, I actually may take a small knock and start closing it. Um, let's look at some other ones. So we've got FTT. I don't get this, guys. I don't get why this FTT token is running like this. I mean, you're looking at now a price of $2.45. That gives it a, a fully diluted market cap of $900 million, almost a billion dollars. Now, to me, I cannot see how the FTT token has a valuation of a billion dollars. I just can't see it. So I went to my Twitter and I do, I do what, what people do. And I said, I said look, um, serious question. Why is FTX pumping? Surely it should go to zero. I mean, I find one or two. We'll go through some of the tweets. Um, this guy says, uh, we're going to start. So, so he says, hold on, let's just, let's just go back. Because I think what they're saying is that they think that the FTX exchange is going to restart. And when the FTX exchange restart, I think that some people believe that this token will have some value. Now, I don't know if anybody that buys the FTX software in a liquidation is going to honor any obligations to token holders when quite clearly there are no obligations to token holders in, in any legal contract. So you do what you want here. I'm not getting involved in this. Some people here are saying this is because, you know, Celsius did a 20X during chapter 11. There was a big difference here. There was a massive short squeeze on Celsius and there's no short squeeze on FTX. There's, currently, there are very few places that you can actually short FTX or FTT token. You can short it on gate.io. You can short it on Gains Network, which is, um, or GNS, Gains Trade, which is a sponsor of our show, by the way. So just, uh, you know, heads up that they are a sponsor of our show. But I don't know. I mean... I don't know if I'd be trading. I don't know if I'd be buying this this FTX token. I just I, I can't see it. I just 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 can't see it. All right, let's look at some other tokens that are running. Um, FXS. We're going to talk about that one later. I want to show you two other tokens that have had an unbelievable run today. They don't feature here on the bubbles, but I do want to show you these tokens because they've had an unbelievable run. So the first one that I want to show you is Life. So it's the Life token, which is Life Three. Well, it's LIF3, which is life token. And then the L-share token. So also up over 100% today. So you got these two tokens up over 100% today. And later on in the show, I'm going to show you why they're up over 100%. I'm going to give you a small hint here. Okay, so a really small hint, a really small hint. It has something to do with this guy over here who I hope you guys haven't forgotten. We haven't seen him since the bull market, but we're going to see him again later in the show. Harry, how are you, my friend? Good. Thanks for having me on the show, Rad. So we're not going to give away. We're not going to give away too much. We're not going to give away too much. Um, I also see James from Invest Answers in the chat. James, I'll see you a bit later for for DCA. Harry, we'll see you a bit later in the show. So you see, there's a lot going on here today. There's a lot going on here today. Um, but most of all, most of all, most of all, we're tracking today live the most hated pump in crypto history. Really, I haven't seen this many people salty about a pump. In I mean, I've been here since 20. 14, 15, 16, and I haven't, 14, 15, I haven't seen this many people salty about a pump. So question is, is this pump going to continue? Because if it does, everyone's calling for a pullback. And when people call for a pullback, it does usually mean that the market continues to pump, right? So let's look at the data and let's look at, at everything else and make a call to decide whether this pump is actually going to continue. Okay, so let's not base it on hot air and tweets. Let's actually look at data. And if the data says that this pump continues, then we've got to say that this pump is going to continue. If not, well, no. 
I also need you to, to do me a favor before we start looking at the data. I need you guys to smash, we shadow banned again. A lot of you guys didn't get uh, notifications. The only way to get this is to smash the like button and tell the YouTube algorithm that this is actually good content. You know, the YouTube algorithm in bear markets, it hates crypto content because it just, because there's no interest in crypto content, which is crazy because that is actually when people should be buying. Because remember that the bottom is not a day. The bottom is a period. And I think that we've maybe seen the bottom and I'm going to show you that in the data in a second. So just do me a favor. If you haven't already smashed the like, smash that like. Let's try and get to 5,000 likes on the show. Um, let's look at Bitcoin's performance. So I think the first thing is, Let's look at Bitcoin performance last year. Now, I guess we could say for all intents and purposes that last year was an embarrassing year for Bitcoin. And I think it was an embarrassing year for all of us. Like being in crypto last year was super embar em embarrassing. Like it was full of scams. It was full of liquidations. It was FTX. It was Zusu. It was Celsius. It was, it was all those things. And then it's like we got the report card at the end of the year. And I think the report card actually shows the true reflection of how bad last year actually was. We were down 65%. We were the worst performing asset class in, 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 in all the major asset classes. We were the worst performing asset class. The best performing asset class was commodities. And the second best, the second best performing asset class last year, get this guys, cash. So commodities first in cash, but we were the worst. Okay. So in our report card from last year, we got a minus 65.5. Obviously Bitcoin didn't like that um, and decided it's coming back in 2023 with a big run up. And you can see that's what the first couple of days of 2023 look like. So Bitcoin isn't going to be sitting back. Um, and what we had here was we had, 13 straight days of gains for Bitcoin. And the only time that that's ever happened or been bigger than that is in November 2013 when we saw 15 straight days for Bitcoin. That's it. We've never seen 13, we've only seen 13 straight days once and we've seen fifth, the, the biggest winning streak was actually 15 uh, straight days of gains. So this is, this is the, the, uh, the, the info here. And it looks like there's two sides to this pump. There's one side to the pump, which is celebrating. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I've seen it on Twitter. I'm certainly celebrating. I know Harry's celebrating because he's texted me this morning. He said, we're back, baby. Everything's good. Uh, I know that Sheldon is celebrating. I know some of you are celebrating, especially the ones that have been listening to our shows where we said, look, just be in the market. Just keep dollar cost averaging. Be in the market because then you will, you will celebrate. You won't be part of the salty people. You will be part of the people that can go to Nobu and have some bull run dinners and you won't be part of the salty people. Um, I don't know. I think Kappa is very salty. And I think a lot of people that have been following Kappa are very salty because he says this is a, the biggest bull trap ever seen. He may be right, but right now I think he's going through a very tough time. I think if you've been watching the, the haters on Twitter, he's going through a, a, a really rough time. As I said to you guys before, and I've said it to you guys on most my shows, the main thing about this is to be in the market. If you think, especially when you think that the markets are coming down and you think that the markets may be at, near, around the bottom, the main thing is to be in the market. Because the problem is that if you're trying to time the market, if you're sitting outside of the market and 
waiting for something to happen to tell you that it's the bottom, there's a good chance that you may miss it. In fact, if you were sitting out of the market, there is a very good chance that you missed this pump. There's a very good chance that you missed this weekly candle. And if you missed this weekly candle, then you missed from, if you, I mean, let's take the last two weeks until where we are today. You've missed the 30% in Bitcoin. You've missed 30%. And that's Bitcoin. That's not tokens, other tokens. That's, I mean, let's look at it on ETH. In fact, let's quickly call it up on ETH. Um, let's quickly just go on ETH. And just, I mean, you know, we're talking about, about large caps, but if you've been out of the market in the last three to four weeks on ETH, you've missed a 50% pump. If you, if you look at Solana, you've missed a 200% pump. Let's actually look at Solana. And that's the importance of actually always being in the market. If you have conviction, you don't try and time the market today because the bottom is actually a, 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 it's a process. And I mean, let's look at Solana. For those of us, I mean, we've been in, we've been buying. We told you guys we're buying. We missed the $8 bottom. 190% return on Solana. And the same happens on Phantom and the same happens on, 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 on everything else. And that's why I keep saying to you guys, the main thing is that you're in the market. Because if you're not in the market, you're going to miss the returns. And I'll show you something that was done on the S&P. Um, now, remember that crypto is much more aggressive than the S&P. So you can, you can, you can, um, you can bet that this is, this is conservative if you're in crypto. But what they're saying is that, so they said, if an investor sat out for the 10 best days per decade, the total returns would be significantly lower than the returns for investors who waited it out. So they take the a 10 year period and they say, look, if you sat in the market, these would be your returns. But if you just excluded the 10 best days, then a 39% return would have gone to a negative 79% return. A 425% return would have gone to 167. A 125% return would be a 33% return. And that's on the S&P, which is not as aggressive as crypto. So can you imagine what this chart looks like if we were to make one of these for the S&P? And that is the importance of being in the market. You have to be in the market because you don't know when it's going to turn. And because the bottom is a, 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 a process like that. It's not a, we're at the bottom, now we're going to start going up. It's a process. And I think that we've been through that process. We've flashed out the liquidations. I'm going to show you a whole lot of metrics that show you that we are actually very much possibly past the bottom, but we're still in the period of the bottom. And that's why it's important that you're in the market. Now, I'm not saying go and ape in now because you're FOMOing and you've missed the rally, but keep buying in, keep buying in. I'm buying every single day. Even today, when the prices are up, I'm buying every single day. That, that's how it is. So let's look at um, whether we think this rally will last. I'm going to show you some indicators that show it's going to last and some indicators that, that show it's not going to last. So we'll look at the indicators and we'll decide together. The first indicator that I want to show you guys is the one that I've been using for a while, and that is the GMX long-short ratio. Now, generally, 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 we know that when the longs outnumber the shorts by such a big margin, this is four or five times, then usually that means that the next move is that the longs are going to get liquidated. So if there's too many longs, the longs get liquidated. If there's too many shorts, the shorts get liquidated because the market always goes against the average investor or the retail investor. And I took this, um, I took this, this, this metric um, for a while. Now, you can see here, when the long open interest goes up, 
generally the market takes the move down. You see that? So when the open interest is high, the market takes a move down. When the open interest, when the when the long interest is 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 high, um, high generally we get a move up. And I mean, you can backtest this as much as you want. You can get this on on GMX. Um, sorry, on June you can get this on GMX. But what we can see now is that the longs are awfully high. And you can see historically what happens when longs are too high. Generally, we start getting a move down. You can see it again here. You can see it again here. You can see it again here. Every time that the longs outnumber the shorts, we, we get a move down. So one of the, the, the moves says that the next move must be down because of this. Now, there's a little caveat here. In fact, if it's a caveat, it actually could make it even worse. There is no more liquidity to take long positions on GMX. If you look at it, um, you can see that if someone says annoying as fuck when there's no liquidity left to go 50x long on GMX, there's just no more liquidity. So gone. Um, if someone says, yo, any, got a few hundred million lying around, GMX leaving tons of volume on the table because they just can't, they just don't have any liquidity left, specifically on, in this tweet on Avalanche. There is an, an alternative. We've said it. They are a sponsor of our show, G-Trade, Gains Network. Um, we think that they are a better DEX than uh, a perpetual DEX um, than, uh, um, than, than GMX. Go and check them out. Uh, if you want to trade decentralized, go and check them out. Now, I did say to you that I think that the market usually does the opposite of what people think. And if you look at what people are thinking, people are thinking there's a pullback. So this is what people are thinking. And Cold Blooded Chiller, who's a, he's a DGN trader, he said, the more I consider the path very few want, the more I convince myself that it actually may be the most likely. What it means is no comfy spot buys, continued green button smashing, pushing momentum hard, shallower but aggressive pullbacks. So we've had a, we had a shallow pullback today um, and it pulled back. So I guess if you're looking to see whether this pump is over or whether this pump is not over, you have to consider whether you're looking at the pump long-term versus short-term. I think that if you look at it short-term, it's anyone's guess. We could get another leg up and then we could get some legs down. Short-term, very, very, very hard to call. If you zoom out and you look at where we've come from and where we are today, and that's what I want to look at now. Let's look at where we've come from and where we are today. It's been quite a brutal, brutal, brutal bear market. In fact, you, from top to bottom, it was 377 days, which is the longest bear market that we've ever had, and certainly the most brutal bear market that we've ever had. And so a lot of people have PTSD. A lot of people in their minds have started to program themselves that the market can't go up anymore because every time it tried to go up before, we got another liquidation, we got suppressed, we got another three arrows capital, another FTX. And that's exactly what happened in the 2019 bear market. People just didn't believe that the market would start going up again, but it did. And that's what I see happening here. So people just don't believe that we can go up. And it's been a brutal bear market. In fact, as I said, 377 days, that's how long this, this bear market was, was the longest bear market that we had. After 377 days, we finally got some signs of life from the market. And these signs remind me very much of how the market turned in 2020. As I said to you last week, one of the big signs that I, that I saw in the market was that the market started responding to news, responded to the avalanche news. I can tell you all about it because here I am burning, still burning, $7,680. It responded to the, the Gala news. In fact, look at the volumes 
Um, by the way, Fred made this. You can see he's a little bit off target here, but look at the volumes here. The only time that we've had such volume in the markets was when in the big drawdowns, and now we've got the volume back specifically on options. This is options volume, which means that people want to get into the market. People want to hedge. People are saying, hold on a second. I'm ready to buy options because I think that this might be the turning point in the market. But as I said, either way, we're starting to see signs that the market has changed. Now, a lot of people don't want to believe that. A lot of people are saying, oh, Bitcoin's going down to 12,000. Bitcoin's going down to 12,000. One thing that I've learned, though, is that when you're calling the market up, like we called the market up last year, and we thought based on plan B's uh, model that Bitcoin was going to go to $100,000, it didn't. It stopped at $70,000 and went straight back down. And when people are calling the market down to nine grand and 12,000 12, Bitcoin, usually it stops way before and starts going up. That's, that's how these things work. So if we look at the signs, what we're seeing is from a macro point of view, I think pretty safe to say the inflation narrative's over. If the inflation narrative's over, chances are that the rate hike narrative is, is nearing a peak. So you can see here, David Sachs, uh, he says maybe one or two more rate hikes, 25 basis points coming up. We confirmed that um, based on the, on the, on the charts. Um, then we get a recession. Then in Q4, because of the recession, the Fed has to start cutting rates and then we get a big Q4. Okay, so that means that this year is not going to be as brutal. We get some kind of recovery, uh, especially crypto, because crypto is unwinding all, the, all this liquidation. You see, people here, this is, this is exactly it. People here are saying, run still in denial. No one believes that this market will go up. And when no one believes this market will go up, that is when the market actually goes up. When no one believes the market can go up. We've got Fed speakers this week. Let's see what their narrative is. I think their narrative is, let's start slowing down. Let's start worrying about the economy. Let's, let's, let's start slowing down. We then have a whole lot of other indicators. So first thing is, as I said to you, this last bear market was the most brutal bear market that we ever had in crypto. Okay? Has seen the largest realized cap drawdown by 18.8%. You know what that means? It means that more people took losses now than ever before. In fact, they took $88 billion in net realized losses. That's people actually selling out, saying, I'm out. I can't take this loss anymore. I've got to liquidate. $88 billion. It was the most brutal bear market that we've seen. On the other hand, another indicator that shows us that maybe, maybe, maybe this bear market is over is the USDC plus USDT market caps relative to total market cap. Now, why is that so important? Because you want to see what the market cap of the stable coins is relative to the market. Now, what you can see is that, that this, cycle, this thing basically oscillates up, down, up, down. We could have touched this, this thing and we could be going straight down. And if we do go down, it shows that we have, um, it shows that people are deploying USDC and USDT and buying tokens with it. And therefore the ratio between USDT and the market is going down. Now, don't discount the value of stable coins in this market. Because stablecoins are very fast becoming a means of settlement. And every time they do, they, it creates more usage of blockchain technology. Most people just see stablecoins as a bridge to get into blockchain. But don't forget that stablecoins actually have a use case in the market. And in fact, last year, Tether settled more than Visa. Tether settled $18.2 trillion. Visa settled $14.1 trillion. And MasterCard settled $7.7 .7 trillion which means that Tether almost settled more than 
Visa and MasterCard combined. And if you add USDC to this, then what you'll find is that actually blockchain settlements were bigger than Visa and MasterCard settlements. Okay, if that doesn't if that doesn't tell you that we're onto something here, then I don't know what to say to you. Blockchain related settlements were bigger than Visa and MasterCard settlements. That's that's a big state, that's a big statement for me. Um, let me show you some more things that that show us so that we may have seen a bottom. So Scott Melker says he's sharing this again. He says each Bitcoin halving cycle has ended with oversold weekly RSI. This time we had the FTX crash to also give us a bullish divergence. Previous cycles took 777 days and 889 days from the halving to the bottom. If the bottom is in, this time it was 917 days. And as I said to you last week, we are about 66% of the way towards the next halving. And that is usually when the market turns. So that's another, another indicator. We're also getting this indicator, which is the Bitcoin reserve, uh, reserve risk. Now, what the Bitcoin reserve risk level, I must be honest, I didn't know what this was. It assesses the confidence of a token's long-term holders relative to its price. Historically, a higher reserve risk has coincided with market tops, reflecting lower investment, and a lower one uh, generally corresponds to market bottoms. We're at the lowest level of the, the reserve risk that we've ever seen in Bitcoin's entire life since 2011. So there, there it is. You can see it over there. That's another sign that potentially, potentially would have bottomed. A third one that I saw, which I really liked, is one that talks about Bitcoin relative to Dixie, because we know that this is a battle between, between um, uh, 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 someone says, yeah, someone put me off here, it says, I believe in Jesus Christ, our savior, more than run. That's just the way it should be, bro. That's just the way it should be. That's just the way it should be. Um, the Bitcoin correlation coefficient with the Dixie has been excellent, an indicator for determining bottoms. Each bottom comes during high negative correlation, a cross to positive correlation is always confirmed right after the bottom. According to this, the bottom's in. So that's the chart over there. And he says we've had a cross to positive correlation from a negative correlation, which is an indicator that the Dixie is now probably going to start weakening and we're going to go, we're going to go very high. And then you've got like the normal stuff, like the, the, the weekly, the weekly RSI in the midst of crossing the 50 level. You've got a lot of these indicators of people calling the bottom. So have we seen the bottom? I guess that's the big question that everybody's asking. My opinion is, if you're trying to trade this pump short term, it's black or red. Some indicators are showing that we're going to get a pullback and some indicators are showing that we're not going to get a pullback. We may get another leg up. I wouldn't be trading in short term. I'd be zooming out and saying, have we actually hit the bottom after this brutal 377 day bear market? And I think I've showed you a whole lot of indicators that say, look, the bottom is not a day. The bottom is a period. And I think we've been through that period or we're at the end of this period. It's probably, probably time to start dollar cost averaging if you haven't been dollar cost averaging because if we're here and we're going up into the next cycle, we over time could be going all the way back up and maybe even above the all-time high. So just be in the market. Just be in the market and keep dollar cost averaging. Don't try and time it. I mean, if you're a trader, watch Sheldon's show, watch Kyle's show and you guys can try and time it, but I'm not a trader. I think I've proven that. I'm trying to take my short and I'm down $7,710. Not a trader. My investment portfolio is up a hell of a lot. A hell of a lot. All right, let's, um, should we degen into altcoins? What do you say? What do you say? Degen into altcoins? Yeah, let's degen. Let's degen. All right, let's talk about alts, alts, alts. I know that's why you guys are here. I know research has shown that 50% of you guys are here for the altcoins. 
and the other 50% of you guys are here for the two Rolexes. So we have, as I said to you, there's two Rolexes that we're giving away. I see Harry's laughing because Harry collects watches and this is like a, like a, for a watch collector, this is like not the most expensive timepiece in the world. Hold on a second, hold on a second. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Like, these are great watches, but for a watch collector, they're, like, they're not like the most rare watches in the world, right? No, I like, I like those watches. So we're giving away two. We're giving away the black Submariner and we're giving away the gold and blue Submariner. There's a good reason why we're giving them away. Um, one, they're very, very hard to get your hands onto because there's a shortage from Rolex, as you know. Uh, you can't buy, you can't walk into a store and just buy one. They just don't exist. So people are paying premiums. The other reason is that they are the most Googled watches in the world. So the most Googled watch brand in the world is Rolex. And the most Googled watch within the collection is actually the Submariner. So, and so we're giving away the two. I'll show them to you here. That's the, that's the blue one. I love, I love this one. This is the one that I would want to wow. win. That's one. And the second one that we're giving away is the classic Submariner, which is the blackface classic Submariner. Guys, remember, all you need to do if you want it is go to YouTube and sign up with any crypto banter referral link. Really, I mean, it could be That's pretty easy. Any, any referral link. Sign up to, to, to Bybit to win the blue one and sign up to BitGet to win the black one and sign up to both to win both. Every time you trade, every single time you trade, you get an entry into the competition and we're going to give it away by end of Feb. So just, just do that. Harry, I'm going to bring you back in a second. We're just going to talk about some altcoins. I just know that you're a watch collector. I know you have a passion. What are you wearing? Just, just what are you wearing? Just let's, let's degenerate. This is, a, this is an AP uh, Rose Gold Skeleton. One of three in the world. What's it worth? Uh, four and a half. Four and a half what? Million. Sorry? But I bought this in the last uh, bull market mm. for a lot less. It was like 1.2. So four? Whoa, 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 whoa. Did he just say four and a half million dollars for a watch? Yes. Holy shit. She said it. Four and a half. Okay, Harry, I'm going to bring you back in a second. Holy shit. The guy's wearing a four and a half million dollar watch. That is fucking crazy. Sorry. That is, that is, that is. I mean, I've always known Harry's a crazy guy. I went to visit him in Dubai. I realized that he was much crazier than I thought. Someone says, now we look stupid giving away 35,000 watts. But I mean, a Rolex is still a Rolex, guys. It's still a Rolex. All right, listen, let's talk about altcoins. I know that's why you came. Do me a favor, smash a like button. Let's look at the altcoins that are running. And the reason why I want to look at the altcoins that are running is because we've got to look for the narratives that are running this year in the first seven days of 2023 and decide whether those narratives are going to continue and look at the tokens and look at all the data behind the tokens. Someone says we should give away um, uh, Harry's watch. We'll ask him. When I bring him back, ask him if he wants to give away the watch. He says, he said it's one of only three in the world. So I don't know if we're going to be able to give away his watch, but let's ask. Don't ask you, don't know. Um, okay, let's look at the tokens that are performing. So we got this data. This data is from Horn Hairs, and let's look at it. That's the data. It starts off in December. Let's look at the tokens that are the best performing tokens. And then let's look at the narratives and try and identify which ones are going to continue to run and which ones aren't. Because I think that's important here is to understand we've only had, I don't know, two, three weeks. In fact, we've had 16 days of 2023. We need to decide whether these runs are going to continue. So one of the biggest runs, which I, I see that you can't, oh, you can see it here. So Lido up 118%. Aptos up 110%, Solana up 100%, Fiat up 
Phantom up 90 or 95.92%. Um, those are quite big moves. And then you've got Atom up uh, 44%. Then you've got GMT up uh, 42%. You've got AVAX. Tell me about AVAX. I've got up 42%. Uh, Near up 41%. So these are the tokens. Let's quickly look at the narratives. Okay. So the narrative here, this Lido, Lido, uh, Lido narrative is the liquid staking tokens on ETH. So you can see that there is a whole narrative around these liquid staking tokens on ETH. They've all moved up. Lido is up, as the guy said, a couple of hundred percent. Frax, let's look at Frax, also up a lot. So up 18% today. Let's, let's quickly go through it on a 90 day. It's up from 421. So it's up, up 100%. And why I want to show you this is because if you're following the narrative, what you'll see is that if you see Lido moving, then quickly go look at all the other ones. Go look at LIDAR, Rocket Pool, Stakewise, Frax. Go look at all of these. Specifically, Frax looks like it's making a lot of progress. And you can see, I think they hit a milestone today. I think they've got uh, 60,000 ETH staked on their platform. So for those of you who don't know what liquid staking is, because a lot of people are asking in the chat what liquid staking is. When you stake your Ethereum today to become a validator, number one, you've got to have 32 Ethereum to run a node, which most people don't have. Second thing is, right now, if you stake your Ethereum, you can't unstake them until the Shanghai upgrade, which happens in March or April this year. You can't unstake them. So there's what they call liquid staking uh, platforms, which allow you to, A, deposit less than 32 ETH. So you can go to Lido, and if you want to become or to participate as a validator on the ETH network and earn validator fees, which are between 5 and 15% on your Ethereum, then all you do is you go to Lido, or you go to Rocket Pool, or you go to Frax, and you can stake your tokens. And what they do is they give you a token in return, which is what they call a liquid staking token. So that's the first, that's the first narrative that we see running this year. Then we can see that there's a layer one narrative also running this year, which is Aptos, Solana, uh, Phantom. Now, these two are pretty interesting because they're non-EVM and they, they rust. These, are, these are, 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 are very different. So you've got Solana. The, I'm expect, so let's talk, let's talk about Aptos first. I'm expecting some news on Aptos. Why am I expecting some news on Aptos? Because this is a crazy fucking chart. I just, I've been telling you the whole of last week. Oh, jeez, look at that. So I've been telling you the whole, the whole of last week. This is a crazy chart. I'm expecting some news from Aptos. I'm not in this trade. I've got to be honest. I'm not in this, I'm not in this, uh, in this trade. The reason why I'm not in this trade is I just, they haven't delivered anything. I can't give them an 8 billion valuation if they haven't delivered anything. So for me, I'm not, no hate, just, just, I need to be convinced that something's happening. Solana, we know Solana was hit too hard. We also know that a lot of people are saying that Solana ETH is, is getting to, to, to critical levels. Let's see what happens to the Sol ETH chart, because maybe the Sol ETH chart breaks out. Maybe Solana starts to go back on a, on a, on a run against ETH. In the meantime, we know that they are launching their phone, we, I don't know if it's out yet. I played with this phone at Solana Breakpoint. I do know the orders are coming in. So orders are coming in on Solana phone. In fact, so far there are um, 7,000 orders or so. So it's not a mass phone, but it is a platform for developers to start playing with blockchain-centric development. And remember, I don't think this phone is going to be great checks, but I do think we need an alternative to the Android store and the Apple store because they're gatekeeping um, which apps can be on and which apps can be off. And right now they're gatekeeping blockchain off phones. 
And the Solana phone will also come with a Solana app store. So it's just a way to get developers uh, um, building on Solana. So also Solana up 3X since DGuards left when everybody said that you know DGuards is leaving, it's going to be the end of the world. Solana's up uh, since then. Solana tokens are up. So FTT is up. Serum is up. Um, someone says he expects Oxy, Fida, and Radium to also put in moves. Uh, if you believe in that narrative, or if you're buying that narrative, here it is. You can see it. Um, he's showing that the two, Serum and FTT, are up. Again, be careful of FTT. I don't see a reason why it should be trading with trading. Um, the other one, the other good thing that's happening is that ETH has become deflationary. So as soon as we saw increased usage on the network, we got uh, we got ETH starting to become deflationary. Minus eleven uh, ETH have been have been burnt since the start, which is just showing you that as soon as the network gets, starts to get used. Now, one of the reasons why ETH is getting burnt is the two narrative, Arbitrum, Optimism, and stuff like that. Um, the truth is that there is an upgrade coming to the Ethereum network later in the year which will have the layer twos using less gas, which is great because it, it means that transactions on the ETH network are going to become a lot cheaper, but we won't be burning as many ETH. So keep your eyes open for that. Then you've got, I saw this tweet over here saying, Ethereum settling over 21 billion a day in value while Bitcoin struggles to, to settle 2.6 billion in value. You tell me where the future lies. We got a lot of hate for our tweet that said that we were... Um, a lot of people took hate on the tweet. When, you know, we did a, a pre-show tweet around when I said sell 50% of your Bitcoin and put them into ETH or, or sell some of your Bitcoin and put it into ETH to avoid a 50% loss in your portfolio. Well, got a lot of, a lot of hate for that. We have conviction. I'm going to go. We are overweight in ETH and we continue to be overweight in ETH. So that's, that's some of the altcoins. Another two altcoins, which I told you went up a lot, were two altcoins that Harry is involved in. Uh, one was life, 107%, and one is life share, L share, which is up 184%. I must be honest, I haven't been following these two. I did take a position today after the pumps. Got to be completely transparent with the community so that you guys know about it. Um, I thought we get Harry on the show. Harry, tell us a little bit about. Let me just ask it straight. What the hell is going on here? Well, first off, uh, Ran, thanks for having me on the show. I think it's been, last time I spoke with you, I was on the boat um, back in April or March. So it's so more of a yacht. It's good to be back. It was, it was more of a yacht than a boat, I think. Uh, yeah, it was a boat. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but even before that, you know, I'd like to thank, you know, Phantom Foundation, um, you know, most of all, you know, Tomb Community, everybody else for really kind of being with us. It was kind of a very, very, you know, difficult time. All of our friends in Abu Dhabi and, Whatnot. This has definitely been like the toughest uh, bear market to kind of build in. Um, so we've just been building uh, this protocol straight for the last nine months. So the best way to kind of really des uh, describe what the life protocol is, is it's a combination of all of the things we love about Phantom. We're doing a permissioned L1 uh, this quarter, uh, some mobile apps, and also it takes the best out of Tomb. Um, so everybody enjoyed the printing mechanisms of Tomb. We wanted to kind of make it a little bit simpler and we put that into life. And essentially what we just started doing was adding a lot, a bit more liquidity. But what we really did is we just went back to basics for the protocol. We didn't expect this. We weren't even prepared for, for this move. But essentially what we've done is we've launched on Polygon, Binance Smart Chain, Tomb Chain, and Phantom all at the same time. And now you can farm in all the different pools and add liquidity. So we, Harry, we I, I, must, I, must, I must be critical here and say like, 
we love Toom because when the going was good, Toom and mm -hmm. T-Shares made a lot of money. But yeah. when the market turned, Toom and T-Shares moved back with the market. So when people look at life and, and, and L shares, what kind of reassurance would you give them that they're not going to get caught in this buy, 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 and then get dumped? So, so the first thing we want to kind of let everybody know is that Toom, when I took over the project, it's really a pure degen play. Um, I mean, look, it, it, there's a print ratio where every six hours, 1% supply expansion. So during a bull market, when the mar there's crazy market mania, um, all of us yep. benefit from it. I think at one point the protocol was minting about 6 million US every six hours, which is absolutely insane. Mm. But after the Terra Luna thing happened, you could see that the entire market just corrected. So when we created life, we were like, okay, we still want to have that fun game mechanism. So there's this thing called the fountain of life where you can stake your L share and earn life emissions. But the difference is that it's a community and DAO controlled uh, ratio and peg system. So it, it means that in a bear market, we can allow people to have some of the benefits of Tomb, but not the crazy kind of printing that actually happened with Tomb. So, so if yeah. I'm buying, if I buy LShare or Life, what am I actually buying? So obviously there's the print reward mechanism, which sure. you, they can, you can see on, on, or maybe you can explain it, but what else am I actually buying? Well, right now, if you go to felix.com, that's the other Binance Cloud Exchange we have. Um, you we're in the talks of actually making it a utility token so that you can actually, it'll be very similar to BNB. Um, so that's one, that's one thing. And the other one is we have another GMX uh, type uh, exchange coming out on Phantom for live trade. So you'll be able to actually earn rewards. Uh, mm -hmm. similar to kind of how you're doing on GMX plus and the layer one permissioned chain. So it's, it's taking the best of everything that I've seen that works across blockchain ecosystems and DeFi and kind of combining it all into one. Is it, um, roof. is it, is it also its own layer one or its own layer two? How, how does we it have, so two, so initially when uh tomb corrected after the Terra Luna thing. Uh, one of the things we announced last January um, at the North America Bitcoin conference was we were going to uh, have a layer two scaling solution uh, built uh, using Tomb. So we've actually run this and it's a permissioned L2, which means no one can deploy smart contracts except if you're KYC'd or uh, permitted to do so. And it's actually done relatively well. Um, one of the big announcements we're doing at Quantum Miami, but it's not much of an announcement because I'm telling you, did we just lose him? I think. Uh, oh wait, hold on. We've lost you. Hold on. We've lost you. We've lost you. We've lost you. Man, he's gave, he gave us an announcement, and and as he gave us the announcement, we lost him. Oh man. Okay, let's let's see if we can get him back. Let's see if we can get him back. Let's see if we can get him back. While we are trying to get Harry back, while we're trying to get Harry back, this story. I I mean, I don't actually even know. If the story is real, could someone verify? Because this this happened now, we got this now. It looks like if the story is real, and again, I can't tell you for this because the story broke as I got onto the show. It looks like Carl Davies and Suzu are actually raising money for another venture. Now I don't know if this is real. Um, the blocks reporting on it too. It says uh, three Arrows Capitals, uh, Suzu, and uh, uh, Carl Davies are raising twenty five million for a new crypto exchange. Holy shit! Can you imagine if this is true? But it must be for the blocks reporting on it hoping to raise 25 million to start a new exchange called GTX. 
Holy, this is true. Suzu and Carl Davis, the founder of Collapse Crypto Hedge Fund 3 Arrows Capital, which took down Celsius and BlockFi and Voyager, are raising to start a new exchange called GTX. The pair are partnering with Coin... Come on. Coinflex's Mark Lamb and... Oh, my goodness. This is true. I mean, if the block's reporting on it, it kind of has to be true. I mean, I believe it's probably true. I don't know. Let, let's see. That, that sounds absolutely crazy. Uh, I see we are trying to get Harry back. Let's see if we can get him back. Um, Scott Welker reporting that Voyager creditors, he remember he sold a lot of money on Voyager, are now getting 51%. That is what they're getting uh, in terms of the Binance agreement. He says originally it was 60 to 70%. But remember that that was when FTX bailed out this thing, which was, in my, in my opinion, a real scam. Oh, I see we have Harry back. Hold on. Do we have Harry back? Is he real? Harry, are you back? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, by the way, the news with uh, Kyle and Sue, it's actually true. It is true. It's true. Yes. Wow. Would you support them? Would you invest? Uh, I'm an advisor. Wow! This is, I mean, this is getting crazy. You're an advisor. So these guys yeah, are... Some, some, some advisory, they, like, uh, they're really good guys. Some of the smartest guys I know. Hold, whoa, whoa. This is now making for much more interesting than talking. Hold on a second. These guys blew up billions of, of the money that they had. They were completely, completely over leveraged. Then they went into like hiding, I suppose, not cooperating with the liquidator. Why? What would make you think that these guys are good guys? Maybe, maybe there's something we don't know about them. There's some of the smartest guys. I, I think what happened to them, what was. And look, there's uh, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but you know, from the time that I spent with them, these are like straight guys, never done anything wrong. So, you know, just in my opinion, it uh, how, the entire market took down a lot of good people, and the GBTC trade, the trade that they had, was probably the one of the smartest trades that I've ever seen. Unfortunately, it's kind of like LTCM, same thing, right? So just a bad market timing. They were they were over they were over leveraged. I mean, you can't deny that, right? Well, I mean, it's different because it's not like they were going 10x. Uh, they were collateralized leverage, right? I think a lot of the liquidations that happened uh, during this market, look, even we got, we, we got affected. You know, you're, you're borrowing uh, against something like Phantom at two bucks, and then all of a sudden your liquidation's at a dollar and the market drops 50% in the same day. So it's the same thing that happened to them. But the GBTC premium, um, the, the spread, that's what really, really kind of killed the whole market. And look, this is playing out with DCG and um, Gemini Earn right now. So, do you think that they're going to raise the twenty-five million? I think so. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, Coin uh, Mark Lamb from Coinflex is a great guy. I've known him for a very, very long time. So, you know, I'm happy. And what they're doing is actually quite innovative. I can't talk too much about it, but um, I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised. Wow. Okay. Gee, that's yeah. crazy. Listen, Harry. In the interest of time, talk yeah. to me about about uh, the announcement that that about Live Three because uh, we do have we are a little bit out of time. Yeah. So we were launching our we're, we're going to announce a permission to L1. So the same way that you get a lot of utility with the gas tokens for um, other blockchains, Life will you will have an opportunity to run validator nodes and stake on a permission to L1. And we're looking at building layer two as a service on top of um, our layer one. So more more what? information on that. What's the what's the um, what's the rationale between going permissioned versus permissionless? Like, isn't the I mean, on one side of the blockchain discussion, it's sure. all about everyone can do anything without without uh, censorship and without 
permission, anyone can do anything. And sure. you're saying you've got you've got um, a permission blockchain. Why why the difference? Sure. So I think there's a very very uh, big difference between regulated and permission. Permission just means okay, we don't want people doing malicious activity on on the blockchain. So the problem is if you look at most blockchains, Ethereum, Phantom, Avax, they have this problem with the ME. MEW uh, where MEV, people can just jack up all the gas fees. So mm -hmm. what we've noticed that before in the past, if you don't, if you have a permission blockchain, you don't allow um, just any bots, anybody to deploy anything on the chain. You can control it, and you get, actually get a better uh, level of quality and experience for the end user. And and we found this was the case with Tomb Chain. So what we find is, let's and look, this is a stuff that's never really really been done before. So we're we're still in the experimental stage. But imagine a blockchain where Everybody can send tokens, but just not everybody can deploy smart contracts on them, but only the projects that are trusted, verified can deploy on that chain. And I think you're going to start seeing this trend a lot more because, you know, flash loan attacks. I mean, these things are, are pretty much non-existent on a, in a permission chain because mm. anybody that pulls off these kind of malicious attacks, well, you would know who they are. So this is kind of why we're just, it, think of it like uh, you go to a nightclub, there's like a VIP area and then like the public blockchains are just the rest of the nightclub and then you got the vip area that's kind of where our blockchain would kind of sit so where you feel so, where you feel safer and you can interact with people and, and you know that they've been vetted and whatever else Correct. Hey, that's, that's really it yeah we're out of time buddy i'll see you soon uh you, you are you are running a conference in miami just quickly yes quantum miami um it's going to be uh, uh i think january 25th to the 27th um phantom's one of the sponsors lots of great sponsors so we're very very happy um it's gonna be a great event Amazing. We'll probably do a crypto banter show there as well. Thanks, Rand. Thanks, buddy. All right, so that's Harry. I'm blown away that Suzu and Kyle Davies are raising cash, and I didn't even know that Harry even knew about this, and I found out that he's an advisor on the show. We've got to do more digging, and we've got to find out what's going on with this uh, with this, with this this exchange. Um, yeah, before I let you go, remember, uh, sign up for the promos. Any crypto banter link gets you into the watch promo. Um any crypto banter link, but if you don't have a link, just click on one of these links, sign up with Bybit, sign up with BitGet. Any uh, any trade that you make in the next uh, in the next month qualifies for one entry. Every trade is one entry, and uh, the winners will be given away on the show. Uh, remember also that we're going to uh, be buying options this week. So go to Deribit and open your first uh, account because we're going to start buying options. Now is probably a great time to be buying options, and I'll show you that. I'll show you why uh, sometime during the course of the week, maybe even tomorrow. I, let me just see. Someone said your AVAX short is looking better. That means that the market is starting to come down. Hold on a second. Let's look at my AVAX short. Looking better. I'm, look, I'm, I'm not worried about the short because my portfolio is up a whole lot. So, okay, if I lose five grand on one short that I took, not the end of the world, but I'm not even going to cut here because, as I said, I think short term we might see some kind of pullback. If AVAX pulled back, then probably Bitcoin also pulled back. Let's have a look here. At a Bitcoin chart while we're here. Uh, slight pullback, but you see the altcoins are very, very, very sensitive. Very, very, very sensitive. More sensitive than my wife is uh, sometimes. You know, the altcoins are very sensitive. Very, very sensitive. It's true. Sometimes there's some days where I get home, my wife is so sensitive. It's, I mean, I have the best wife ever, but she's, you know, sometimes she gets sensitive. That's how it is. Um, people are laughing. It's true. You know, it's true. You know, it's true. You know, it's true. You know, it's true. Um, let's see if there's any questions. We've got two, two more minutes. Let's see if there are any questions. People say, why have these people on the show? Because 
that's what we want. We we want to give you guys everybody's opinion. When a token goes up 100%, I think we have a responsibility to get somebody on from the token to tell you guys what's happening, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, you may not like exactly what he's doing or what he's saying. You may not like the fact that he's supporting Kyle Davis and Suzu, uh, but that's our responsibility to you. That, that's our responsibility to you. People are asking, what about a ladies' watch? Um, we have got a deal that if, you, if you're a lady, you can, um, you can trade in the watch for a ladies' watch. Or, to be honest, I've seen a lot of ladies wearing specifically this watch, and it's actually very, very, very cool on, on a lady's hands. So, I mean, you guys can decide. Listen, love you guys madly. I'll see you guys again later. I'm going to be on DCA with James and, um, and CTO Larson. Um, otherwise, I'll see you guys again later. Until then, see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, have trade well, my friends. Someone says a lady boy's watch. <laughs> lady man. Someone, someone said that. Just click the like now. <laughs>